cooking, hunting, fishing, and family. Those are four of the several things that have shaped Brody Prudnick's life, and we get into all of those because he's our guest today. Brody is the owner-operator of Ray's Rub Seasoning, a West Virginia-based original recipe that was first blended together by Brody's late father, Ray Prudnick. Yeah, and his family story really explains why he's so passionate about the business, because he learned what's truly important in life, one meal at a time. So pull up a seat and pour a drink and listen to this fun conversation about turkey hunting, West Virginia culture, and a bunch of other fun stuff. And of course, it's sponsored by Mr. B-Chips. Mace, hit the music. Virginia, but the people always do. Boom. All right. We're live. Brody, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Coop? We are doing fantastic. We're, we're talking before. It's uh, CJ's been running around. We're all kind of living this new pandemic life, running around, finding different things, finding a new routine. But tell us from the start, the Brody, you're you're an entrepreneur, I would say. You're you've bounced around a couple of different careers now, but you've built Raise Rub and you've been a part of Raise Rub for a while. It's been your family for a while. Maybe give us a just a quick 30 second, like what is that and what does it mean to you um, as you're you know progressing now in your professional career? Yeah, so Raise Rub actually the recipe started back in around 2005. My dad was a petroleum engineer. And he loved to cook. Cooking was his hobby. So whenever he got to the chance to cook for a graduation party or um, some other event, um, he loved the camaraderie of, of people. And he loved to kind of be the center of attention. <laughs> and uh, so he invented this, this spice. And over time, we ended up calling it Ray's Rub. I think it was a friend of his that said, man, Ray, where's that rub? Ray's Rub. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of how the name came about. I actually don't even know what friend that was. And, you know, the truth is, I don't think I ever will because my dad passed away now. I don't know who it was. Maybe I'll find that out one day. Yeah. So, but anyways, Ray's Rub, the, the recipe was established through uh, 20 years ago, maybe. And um, 2005 is the date that I always say is when we had the original recipe. That's when the first bottle was created for friends okay. and family. It was an old bottle. Um, I've got a, a YouTube up where you can see some of those old oh, wow. bottles that we had, but that was really for that was really for friends and family. And then uh, fast forward to 2018, I went to my dad. He was um, pretty sick at the time, but I said, "Dad, this is something that I'm I'm feeling called to do now. I want to rebrand it. Um, I, I want to change the the logo and and try to turn this into a business." So uh, that's when we started it. And uh, here we are two years later, we've had constant growth. And, you know, the thing about seasoning is when someone tries it and they like it, they tell someone else. And so right. the longer this thing goes, the more people get mm -hmm. their hands on it and the, the better we do. So you've got a, a great, like very comprehensive video on your website too about telling the story, talking about your dad, his early days. And then, you know, the, the kind of what you just told us there, the, the progression and whatnot. So I mean, this yeah. has been something that, uh, you know, Raise Rub is, is your business, one of your businesses now, but it's like, it's, it's been the family secret forever, hasn't it? It's been, it's been in your family lineage since, since, you know, your dad was around and you were a young guy. Exactly, man. Exactly. Growing up, uh, my brother and I used to cook all through middle school and high school. I think it got to the point on some weekends where we had cooked back to back weekends and dad said, Hey, we're going to cook again. And I said, dad, no, like it's, it's too much. You can't keep <laughs> yeah. up with it. But looking back, man, those were, those were some of the best times I had with my father. And I do, I do miss those days, man. But that's, that's what I'm trying to do here is, is carry mm -hmm. on that legacy. I've truly, I've never been the big chef, mm -hmm. of course, uh, secondhand learning, right. I've watched him yeah, do sure. everything and I'm actually pretty, pretty good at cooking chickens and beef and pork and I'm good on the smoker, but you know, to be honest, the cooking side is not something I enjoy as much as is the uh, the people side. I love right. talking about Ray's Rub. I love telling them how to use it, 
um, and, and kind of staying on the go. But I have learned a lot from my father and this, this rub is extremely important to me. It's so, I mean, cooking and eating and food preparation is so, um, it's just so uniquely human, right? I mean, that's what makes us, um, it makes, makes us human. I mean, one of my idols uh, in many different ways, I would say is Anthony Bourdain, because, you know, he was able to, to use food as a vehicle to communicate and, you know, connect with people. Um, you know, obviously he was a chef, but, you know, if you watched his shows, you really, he interviewed the person, got to learn a lot about them, their hardships, their lifestyle and whatnot it sounds like that's similar for you. Like you enjoy kind of just that aspect of building like a food brand. It's like hearing how people are implementing it into their lives. And they're telling you, Brody, like, can we put it on this burger? We had an awesome cookout. Yeah. We had this cool thing. Like, I think that's just so cool to, to really embrace that side of it because then it becomes more than just uh, a spice or a seasoning on a food. It becomes something like a, a really identity for people to kind of rally around. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you said that because that is how I think of Ray's Rub. Given the history with my father and all the friends and family we had there, I say when people try this, I want them to feel part of that. I want them to feel part of the camaraderie and, mm -hmm. and know that when you're cooking with Ray's Rub, it is about family and friends and being there with the people you care about. And food is the centerpiece of all that. What awesome event do you have without some sort right. of food or hors d'oeuvres, you know? So Razor Rub is perfect for that. What's your favorite thing to put it on? You put it on like is it beef or burgers or what's, what's, what's the go-to? So I think that prime rib on the spit. So I, I don't know <laughs> if everyone knows what cooking over uh, the open flame is. So these big spit poles we have could hold up to 50 chickens and a couple prime rib. I still have them out at uh, dad's property. Oh, wow. And uh, I'll probably fire those babies up this summer. So stay tuned. But um, the prime rib covered in raised rub. I also really love um, a pork loin and it's delicious okay. on chicken. The other thing I pitch a lot um, because I don't want this to only be geared towards meat, but it is a great vegetable rub, sauteed mm -hmm. vegetables. Um, I've even had it on tofu and, and I like it. <laughs> Making me hungry and, uh, now. I'm like <laughs> yeah, I don't know if... Uh, if everyone's tried tofu, but I do not knock tofu. I think it's great, especially with, with Ray's rub. So why is it called a spit? I, I don't, I don't get it. What is it? We, can we Google that? I, yeah, no, yeah, I don't know the history. Yeah. 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 I think I'm, I think I might have saw like the, the picture of maybe of your dad. It looks like a giant, like rotating, like looking thing. Yeah, where, like, it, meat, like it's, it's a massive rotisserie is what it is like a George Foreman rotisserie. So except this thing is you know, 50 chickens. I think it's our poles are 20 feet wide. So you're feeding a lot of people with 50 chickens. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> feed, you know, a hundred people at a time with, with 50 chickens. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Have you ever had it on Turkey? Is it good on Turkey? Like wild Turkey? Oh, absolutely. I'm actually <laughs> stay tuned for that. I, I, uh, I killed a Turkey back in Turkey season here recently and cool. I am going to prep that Turkey on my, raise rub instagram channel and oh, yeah. uh and do some cool videos with it so we got here is... <laughs> there you go I'm... oh you can't hear me yeah we got you yeah oh, i thought you said you couldn't hear me um no 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 I, I i don't know this story is kind of goofy in medieval cuisine and early modern kitchens the spit was the preferred way of cooking meat in a large household a servant, preferably a boy, sat near the spit during the metal rod slowly and cooking the food. He was known as the spit boy or the spit jack. I'm wow. not sure that that gave me my answer, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the that's, I don't know, uh, artisserie style uh, screwed on a spit, a long metal rod used to hold food while it was being <laughs> cooked over a fire. Get the spit boy over here. Let him. Yeah. yeah I don't know if that like was just. I was hoping good, it'd be a better yeah. story than that. <laughs> Me too. A weird turn. Um, but let's let's talk about hunting, Brody, because you mentioned like turkey. I've seen your Instagram. You you're a hunter. You go you know you go deer hunting. Hunting is something so fundamental to West Virginia culture. Walk me through the best hunting scenario. Like you wake up at what time? Super early. Like what's your routine? How do you head out? Like walk us through like what a, a beautiful day in the woods would be like for you. Well, you know, since we just finished up spring turkey, which this is actually the the first year that I didn't get more than 10 days in the woods. I've always been blessed with time out there. I've been running around like crazy this year and I was a little mm -hmm. bummed out. But the ideal scenario, let's say spring turkey, because, you know, it's warm outside. It's a little mm -hmm. easier to wake up early in the morning. But, you know, the alarm clock set for 430. Um, okay. 
I'm waking up, I'm, I'm throwing on the camo. You don't have to worry about scent control with the turkey. So mm. pretty much I'm, I'm putting on one or two layers and we're jumping in the truck. I've got a few spots within 15 to 20 minutes of the house. Um, you know, hopping out of the truck before daylight and, and really you want to try to roost those birds the night before. And what that means is kind of figure out where the turkeys fly up in the tree and, and sleep at night, right? turkeys are in the trees at night and they fly down during daylight and spend the day. Yeah. They spend the day on the ground. So if you get time the night before you're trying to roost the birds and see what general location they're in, because your best chance of, uh, of killing a turkey is first thing in the morning, right off the roost or later in the morning, once the birds start to dissipate and, and break off the heads. And mm. I could talk about this for a long time. <laughs> Please, um, man. Hey, look, I'm fascinated, man. I love it. <laughs> But, but anyways, um, if you can get there close to the roost and you can get in there in the dark where the birds aren't likely to see you, um, you know, they won't, they won't be able to see you if it's still dark outside during the daylight, you could be walking in under a turkey and he's still on the roost and he'll, uh, he'll fly down and he'll be gone. You, you are you super quiet? Like super quiet is important. You gotta like creep up on it. Like definitely turkeys can hear very well. They can see very well, but they can't smell. Mm. So you know, we, as turkey hunters, we always joke, if a turkey could smell, you would never get a crack at a turkey. You, you would <laughs> never get a chance, man. Um, but yeah, so, so the perfect morning, uh, get close to a bird. He's gobbling his butt off on, on the tree and you've got a decoy set up and, and you're just in the perfect spot and he flies down. You make some, you make some soft calls before he comes down and he knows you're there and he flies down. He's, uh, you know, he's strutting, he's, he's looking for that hen and he's coming in and you see that head pop up and he's coming right in and you make the perfect shot and he goes down. But there is something about spring Turkey when, when a bird gobbles and lights up the woods and you're just yeah. yards away, it, it's powerful, man. And it's exciting. And it's something that most people don't get to see. This is the Mountaineer Roasting Coffee Break, and there's only one thing better than sitting down and enjoying a delicious cup of coffee, and that's sitting down and enjoying a delicious cup of coffee that you just saved money on. And let me help you be that person because you can use code MEDIA15, MEDIA15, when you go to MountaineerRoasting.com, that's MountaineerRoasting.com, gets you 15% off your online orders. So shout out to the entire team up there, Rusty and his whole crew at Mountaineer Roasting, uh, based in Morgantown, West Virginia, but they ship all over. I've sent it to friends that live in New Jersey, in Kentucky, in Florida, in Texas, wherever. Uh, you have an address, they'll show up and they'll have coffee on your front door. So MountaineerRoasting.com, use code MEDIA15, and you'll save 15% on your online order. All right, guys, let's get right back to the episode now with brody so this is coming from a guy who's never i've never been hunting a day in my life not once so like a turkey is this a one-shot kill kind of thing because a deer you can hit and you, you have to track it off, like it's yeah exactly Let, so like a turkey is that they go down pretty quick yeah let's let's put for it brody they way, go for, for brody they go. <laughs> hey i've i've uh, missed my share actually opening day this year i uh i shot about 70 yards and clean miss on a turkey but um you're using <laughs> a shotgun miss. most of the time or some yeah, guys yeah, are yeah. uh cool enough to use a bow i will get to that point sometime but i think turkeys <laughs> are hard enough to kill with a shotgun right they're uh <laughs> we call it run and gun style is what I do. So you're hearing birds. If you don't get set up on them early, then you're hearing birds late morning, half a mile away and you're going after them and you're trying to make a play on them. But um, turkeys, if you don't kill them with that first shot, most of the time you're not getting a second shot. You're done. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like I figured if it was bow versus like, cause I've got like a 12 gauge shotgun that I just, uh, just go to the range and just shoot honestly, just like blow up like watermelons and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm assuming it's like more of like a bird shot, like uh, load instead of like a buckshot type thing. I mean, do you have to clean all that out though? Like when you're prepping the birds and now we got the raise rub on the kitchen counter, it's about to be used here in like an hour and a half. We're cleaning the bird. Like, do you have to go through and like rip, get all that out, like defeather it and all that? Like, yeah. So, uh, most guys, um, some guys, I promise it's not a Turkey podcast too, but no, <laughs> no, man, this is, this is cool. West Virginia stuff here. I was born and raised and, um, I love it. So yeah, you, you kill a turkey most of the time, you know, this isn't, this is going to be 
a little more than PG here, guys. You're shooting them in the head. All right. Yep. So the bird, the bird goes down. Um, and then when you go to clean the bird, the pellets aren't really in the area that you're going to eat. They're more up top. Mm -hmm. Like the, the breast on the bird is a little bit lower. Okay. So most of the time, if you make a good shot, you shouldn't have pellets in any of the area that you're going to eat. Now, yeah. most guys will just call it breasting them out. We'll breast out the bird. So you just cut in to the bird there and, and spread up, spread open the chest cavity and pull all the, the turkey breast out. Mm -hmm. I would say you get anywhere from three to five pounds of meat off a good, uh, off a good turkey. And then you'll take the legs too. Some guys will take the legs and then some guys will pluck the whole turkey and deep fry them. But yeah, I've yeah. found that wild turkey deep fried gets pretty dry. So it's, you got to be careful mm. with it. And a way to avoid that. Um, Raise rub. <laughs> no, 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 you know, that's, that's how we finish it up. Right. But uh, I do inject those turkeys. So if you inject them and then deep fry them, you can keep some some tenderness in there and some moisture. And then what you're going to want to do, here we go, boys. I love <laughs> Boom. It. Dry rub the outside before you fry it, and uh, you'll have the best turkey you've ever had. A little seasoning. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what do you mean you inject it? What do you inject it with? What's what's the preservation aspect Have you ever of heard of Tony Saturies? They have like a liquid mm -hmm. crawfish boil. Okay. It's, it's crazy. Okay. But this is what my dad used to do. He, he used to take liquid crawfish boil and inject all the major parts of that Turkey, the breasts, the legs, and keep a lot of liquid in there so that when you gotcha. deep fry it, you yeah, know, you've yeah. got a lot of moisture and it doesn't wow. dry out. Yeah. It huh. makes the best Turkey. I was gonna say butter. Sure. I thought you were injecting like <laughs> butter. <laughs> you want to be really unhealthy. You can do that. Yeah. <laughs> what I do is just a ton of salt, but right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Salt basically. But That's getting funny. your food, knowing where your food comes from is important. And I think a lot of people, um, I don't know. I mean, it's not like a new woke thing to be like wanting to eat healthy food. I mean, like, but I think it is important. And like the more, I don't know, like the more we have knowledge about like how terrible these like factory farms are and, you know, just processed food and whatnot. I think a lot of people want to have at least, oh, maybe they don't, if they don't want to necessarily kill the turkey themselves i think people like and appreciate knowing where their food comes from and it feels like a more sustainable humane way for the animal um, versus like a factory farm so i think that's just like cool to west virginia a lot of west virginians have that connection to their food like it's literally like how they feed their family in a way and, and that's what people i think get a little bit i don't know some people are anti-hunting but if, if you come into a west virginian shoes and really kind of understand what it means to the family and the respect they have for the animal i, I think it's a beautiful thing um and it and it tastes great honestly so I'm right there with you, man. I think uh, every animal that I kill, I'm eating, you know, I'm, I'm cleaning it up and I'm putting it in the freezer, or cooking it that day. Uh, my dad and I used to process every deer together. We used mm -hmm. to make sausage. We had an old sausage kitchen. So a lot of the things that I did with my father were based around cooking and hunting and fishing. And I'm so blessed that I had someone to do that. And I know other people don't, but that's where, you know, we can all help each other out. I'm, I'm always interested in, in getting new people out there. So CJ, you know, set your calendar for October and we'll get out and bow hunt a little bit. <laughs> All right. Good. We'll do deal. it. That'll be a yeah. fun, that'll be a fun video. <laughs> yeah. Bring a camera out there with us. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. So, so, so you, Brody, you said you, when we first talked a couple of weeks ago, you said you do like a bunch of stuff. Raise rub is definitely one of the, the top of the priority list there, but like what all, what all, uh, other things are you invested in and kind of working on? Yeah. So recently I've gotten into real estate. Um, I'm, I moved out of uh, a house and I'm remodeling it and I'm getting it up on Airbnb. I'm really big into the Airbnb thing and I, I'm trying to uh, go after some other properties where I'm working on some finance with, with some other players in the game and I want to mm -hmm. get some places in other States too, that, you know, the Airbnb market's a little bit stronger, but I'm a firm believer in uh, rentals you know, I'll, yeah. I'll bring up an old buddy's name, Coop, that you're familiar with. My, mm -hmm. my buddy, Daniel Smolder, has yeah. always mm -hmm. preached real estate. Um, and I'm finally starting to believe him at this Shout point. Shout out, Daniel. It's, he has been on that train for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. all about it. He's a little slower mover than me. I like to I like to <laughs> heavily invest in stuff and get it going. But go, he go, likes go. to do all the work on the property. And uh, yeah. he's been yeah. helping me a little bit at my house right now, so. Dude, Airbnbs are really cool too because I think now the the evolution of Airbnb is almost like apartment style renting. It's not so much just like 
like a week. Like I knew somebody that was in an Airbnb for several months. Now this was at the beginning of the pandemic when nobody was traveling. So that was like just a different cool way to kind of keep a local Airbnb still going. And so I don't know, like that's just like one of the evolutions, I guess, of Airbnb, which is like, you know, falls into that Uber category where it's just like the new, yeah. the, the new model of, you know, rentals or, or whatever it is. So no, I, I love the Airbnb style and, and like their model of, of sales. It's pretty, I mean, it's awesome. Which I've heard a lot of good things for West Virginia too, because it's like, if we can position, I, I don't know like enough about like the inventory levels of West Virginia, if we have that, but I, here's, I'm just going to put this here. I'll just put my dreams in, into reality. I'll speak. Manifestation. It's what I do. I close my eyes. I picture myself driving a Tesla. One day I will be driving a Tesla. <laughs> That's how it works. But I want to have a little slice of West Virginia. Right. So I don't know, 30, 40, 50 acres in West Virginia and have like some sort of like cabin, like maybe even have like, like off the grid cabins with like solar panels on it, but essentially be Airbnbs for people to like experience West Virginia. Like to me, being able to like give someone else like an ex- West Virginia experience on a property, like in For Pocahontas sure. County or yeah. Tucker County, like that is just like my absolute goal. Um, but I think a lot of West Virginians are, or a lot of people are thinking about that. Like people are wanting to come away from the city during the pandemic. A lot of people kind of reset and Brody and I were talking beforehand, like it forced me, the whole pandemic has kind of changed my perspective of how I want to kind of move about um, my career and just lifestyle and um, slow down in a way and speed up in other ways. Um, I don't know, man. I think if West Virginians were really well positioned to do, if to have those Airbnbs and to, uh, people want to be out in the, the cool stuff that the state has to offer. I'm right there with you. And it's, it's funny you brought that up because lately with this Airbnb thing, originally it was like, oh my gosh, I saw the, the profit margin over a normal rental. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. man, I got to get in this Airbnb game. And I use them all the time when I traveled. So yeah. I still do. I love Airbnb. Um, but I feel like it's one of those things where you really have an opportunity there, especially in West Virginia, but we have to make people aware and, and, you know, get them coming this way too, because there are a lot of cool places you can stay in the mountains. And I know there are some Airbnbs listed all over the place, but Mm -hmm. we definitely have a low inventory here compared to other States. And uh, we should change that. We should bring more people in, but I like that idea, Cooper. Yeah, I saw another guy that I was at Power Park. Cooper, I told you this. I was I was walking out. They just played some games this weekend. Uh, another mutual friend, Drew Cable. He was all excited. He he'd asked me when we were getting you on. I was like, "Oh, Brody's coming on next week." He's like, "Dude, tuning in. Can't wait." So he was all excited. Uh, love that yeah. guy. Shout out to Drew Cable, and he's a he's a hell of a country music artist. I was he's say, maybe he's we'll, on we'll his way. Place too. a song right yeah. here. We'll, we'll we'll put a song <laughs> in. We'll uh, we'll cut this midway and put a little uh, put a little song in there for him. The song you just heard was called Lifestyle by Drew Cable, a West Virginia country artist. You can stream the full song on Spotify. What's up, guys? How many times do you think it takes me to record this intro? I've always wondered that. Like, do you guys really think I do this on the first try? Uh, well, the answer is no. This is the seventh time that I've tried to do it. My dog was barking. Um, you know, I sneezed in one of them. So, anyway, I just wanted to give you that behind the scenes information. Uh, but look, guys, Marion Kettleson, Mr. B Chips, they sponsor the Mountaineer Media Podcast, and we were forever grateful for them. Um, because we were so young, like a year ago, we're coming up on our year anniversary, actually, uh, June 20th, West Virginia Day. Uh, also, my fiance's birthday, June 20th, and Father's Day. So it's a big triple whammy there. But they believed in us when we barely believed in ourselves and knew what the hell we were doing. So shout out to them for really... Um, financially but also just uh professionally and like mentoring us and providing some structure to the mountaineer media podcast but also shout out to our bloggers i do this every week because they deserve it every week because they're tackling complex stuff i told you guys we're not blogging about west virginia basketball who had how many steals we're blogging about the hiv crisis in Kanawha county we're blogging about tax reform we're blogging about medical marijuana we're blogging about the state parks we're blogging about west virginia history amazing stuff and i say we but it's really all of them. They're professionals. They have jobs. They're contributing this in their free time to mountaineermedia.org. 
mountaineermedia.org and it's just simply incredible so give them a read sign up for the newsletter on mountaineermedia.org mason puts that together shout out mason we haven't shouted out mason in a while but mason really is the glue to the organization because he puts everything together he takes all this rambling that i do condenses it down into a podcast clips the episodes adds music um, publishes the blog does all kinds of maintenance work on the website so shout out to mason jack um Really just shout out everybody because this is just a community effort, a grassroots effort to bring you stories, educate, entertain, and inspire you about the Mountain State. And hopefully you hold your head a little bit higher uh, next time you're, you're in a conversation about West Virginia. So thank you guys so much for the support. Uh, leave a review if you so choose. Let's get right back to the episode with Brody right now. I love people that are just passionate about life, whatever it is. We all have our struggles through our twenties, trying to figure out what's going on. Maybe even later in life. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Everyone has those moments, but you know, Drew has always been positive and eager to go after it. And that's what I love about him. He was, uh, we both played baseball at Charleston Catholic and he followed up as catcher after I left. And, uh, Mm -hmm. he always, uh, showed a lot of appreciation and I, uh, show him a lot of support back. Shout out Bill Maley got his 700, 700th win. Man, Mr. Maley. Yeah. It's those people, you know, when you're younger and you're in that, you're in school or your parents, yeah. you don't see how important they were until after you left. But Bill Maley was a guy that really set the tone for uh, the man I've become and, and a lot of us there at Charleston Catholic and in the baseball teams. I mean, he was a great guy and still is. And I need to see him soon. So, Bill Maley, if you ever check this podcast out, let's get together soon. Yeah, 500. He just hit 500. Let's not lie about his record here, but 500 wins, pretty incredible. He has a podcast. Is that what you were saying? Or we should have him on here. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm saying if you want a a great podcast, there's a a guy to talk to. Yeah, well, his story is cool. Like, he's the head baseball coach at Charleston Catholic, but his story is funny because at first he didn't ever think he was going to coach – like it started with like him coaching his son's little league team or some some shit like that. And then it just like evolved into him taking yeah. over these positions down the road. And it's like, oh, state title after state title in single A baseball. So <laughs> pretty well, and it's a neat, what, it is a neat story. Exactly, man. And I think this brings up a good topic and it's it's probably what you guys think about, too. But today in society, our age group, right, has these high expectations. And a lot of the time it's tied to financials, right? We want to make all this money and do all these things and travel all over the place. But I found that, especially with my parents and someone like Mr. Maley too, um, it's, it's the little things that they've really fallen in love with and dedicated all their time to. And Mr. Maley is the best baseball coach out there and one of the best men I've ever met in my life. And he really, he really set the tone for, again, who we've become as, as men after high school. And yeah. I appreciate that more than anything. And it's just like my parents, I was, I was blessed with good parents. Mm-hmm. And the reason I even wanted to do this is because my father was so good to me and we loved each other so much that I felt called to do this. This, right. this called me raise rub. Right. And it's because my parents above all else, they wanted to raise kids, raise good kids. And so I know not everyone can say that. And um, I'm so happy and, and lucky that I can say that, even though it got cut short with my father, mm-hmm. I'm still very appreciative that I had those 26 years with him. I love it, man. I mean, I, I love that perspective. And I think it's, um, it's true, man. I think a lot of people in our generation get caught up into, um, and I, I try to like speak, because I think a lot of people, I, you know, I post a ton on like my Instagram and like LinkedIn, you know, professional work I do, but I also hedge it with like, do whatever you want to do, man. And, and, fo- and don't let like money drive every single decision. And, and as a financial advisor, some people are like, well, like, uh, you know, I thought it was always about budgets and money. And um, I just, you know, you can, money. <laughs> you can build a financial life. You can, I mean, of course, having good financial habits makes sense. I can't talk too much about it. The SEC will come after me, but here <laughs> the podcast, but there is a point that, like you said, man, of, and you seem like you've got a strong sense of like, Hey, like I'm going to, you know, I had some life events happen and I'm going to like really shift my focus into these priorities of family and community and really just cherishing relationships. And I think when you're those type of people, it's not a like coincidence that they're like magnetic people in their community and their friend group when they just ooze that, like they just care, like they just straight up care. Um, and I think that shines through with the work that you do with Rave Rub is that it, it feels like this is like a, a labor of love. Um, you know, it's not a nonprofit, but we're doing it for a reason other than just to make money. I think that's really cool. 
Absolutely, man. Well, I will say that we do donate to the the brain tumor American Brain Tumor Association. So that's something that I'm I'm proud of. They've always been good to our family um, when my dad was sick and everything with brain cancer. So mm-hmm. we do try to give back where we can, and ultimately, I want to give back more as we grow. So, but yes, I think that you know, friends and family and community is everything. And as bad as we all have these goals we want to reach, we, we can still go after them, but we still can show love to those people that were here for us from the very beginning, you know, and, and there's growth that comes throughout life. And there's people that aren't always there, or there's, there's new friends you make that propel right. you. But um, at the end of the day, it's, it's about friends and family and, and being good to others and community and, and helping each other out because we're all truly just trying to be happy no one has the perfect answer and i've contemplated that a lot you know through my 20s is what am i doing what what's life about you know i've changed jobs several times and it's cool for six months and then you're like man i don't know if i'm I'm happy anymore so um, i'm one of those guys I'm, i'm no different than that i have my personal struggles and you know your mindset gets a little bit off from time to time but then you know Ray's rub always reels me back in. Something cool happens. Somebody makes an awesome comment. Um, a new person tries it. I say this all the time. I don't always judge success off, you know, the financials of Ray's rub, although we've grown a lot in the last few months with the, mm-hmm. the Amazon launch. I judge it on how many new people have tried my dad's seasoning because right. that's the way that I keep him alive and his legacy. Yep. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and I love it. And you guys will be two new ones here soon, right? Yeah, definitely. And we, yeah. So if you're listening to this right now, we are, we're doing a giveaway. Um, and I, I if you're following us on Instagram, you know, I said, follow raise rub. So if you're doing that right now, pull out your phone, go to Instagram, follow, is it the raise rub? The raise rub. The raise rub. Follow that right now. And then what else should we do? do they have to, I don't make it too complicated if they have to do anything other than follow the account. Um, but we are going to give away some. Yeah, go follow them and we'll, and we'll do some giveaways here. We'll just, you know, put your name in like this, something, you know. Comment a turkey on the. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a secret. If, you, if anybody makes it this far into the podcast and still listening, comment a turkey. When we post these things, we're not going to mention that you'll get three votes. Right. You'll get three times. Yeah. Let's three, just make that person the biggest interest. winner. If someone, whoever comments a turkey on on a, like the episode post, if our, you're listening to this, go to the post, <laughs> the thumbnail that has Brody's picture, my picture, CJ's picture, our logo. <laughs> you know the the four little thumbnail. Comment a little turkey. Go to the emoji. If you have an Android, I guess you can't do this. Um, yeah, Android's get, got turkeys. Oh, do they got turkeys? Yeah. All right. Um, comment a turkey, and you're going to be the person that we send the most <laughs> premium package to. So you're going to get a Mountaineer Media hat. We'll you get you the raise up on the fly. What do you think? Hey, what do you want? This is all we have to do. And coffee. And co- we'll send Mountaineer roasting coffee. You get the premium package. All right, package slow down now. Me. Hold on now. Let's not give away the, the entire bank here. This is the Ooh. premium person. <laughs> whoever puts a turkey call in and goes down high street making a turkey call i get 50 percent of business to here i'll just team up with you and raise rub yeah exactly 50 of the stake right there yeah, yeah. Get, that, get that in writing from Brody. Um, <laughs> cooper's out there what's <laughs> <laughs> well, cj give us your best turkey call cj you got something for us live on the dude internet. i don't even know what a turkey call sounds like <laughs> <laughs> do you, Brody, do you make it with just without an instrument or is it more of like a, like a mouthpiece type deal? Well, there's several different calls, but there's a, something called a diaphragm call that goes up in the top of the diaphragm in your mouth and you can make a, a little uh, yelp or cluck. Okay. So not, not that that means much to, to you guys, but <laughs> go ahead. CJ. <laughs> CJ. <laughs> there you go. That sounds like a wounded uh, puppy. CJ. <laughs> just, just that's, right. a big, that's a big fucking bird right there. <laughs> Man, that's a beautiful yeah, turkey. Man. It's not playing, but you guys can't oh, hear that, it. It's oh, gobbling. No, no I, I can't hear it very well. Oh, we okay. Hold on, I think I can. I'll, I'll mess around with it, but uh, yeah, I don't think I could. I, I don't think my turkey calls very strong. Where's turkey <laughs> in West Virginia, Brody? Are these like premium turkeys, or like is there like a better state oh, yeah. for doing like turkey hunting, or what's the deal? You know, West Virginia has. Uh, <laughs> there's a nice gobble for you. That's a real job. Yeah. Fuck, that thing is ugly. So imagine that thing. <laughs> imagine that thing coming in at it's six fifteen in the morning, and he's like ten steps from you, and he's doing that. Jesus. Imagine man. how exciting that is, man. That is thrilling. Yeah, and you're sitting there. Now, are you? Where's your stance? Are you like prone position? Are you creeping in? <laughs> what we got here. This is a classic right Wait. here.
for those listening, we were watching uh, a grown man on his ass call him a turkey. <laughs> I was going to um, say that's, that's Brody practices his calls out in the <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's come back. I, I, I do want to add here, guys, that every real turkey hunter has done that with his buddy. Hey, <laughs> hey get over there, dude, and act like a turkey and come in. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, shit, that's um, way too funny. Yeah, man, we have a good time out there for sure. It's it's something everyone should try and trout fishing as well. You know, get out and trout fish. We have wonderful yep. fishing here in West Virginia. I was going to say, what else outdoors do you do? Like you do, I mean, I know you deer hunt. I mean, do you ever think we'll do with them bringing elk back? Do you think in like 10 or 15 years they'll allow elk hunting in West Virginia? You know, I think that's the hope for all of us. But um, I've heard that it's it's difficult right now because we don't have a lot of female elk. There's not a lot of cat. They call them cows, right? bulls and cows um so the cows are limited and obviously to keep the population to grow um we we need more cows we need some females to make the to to have the babies that's in what mingo county and i think it's mingo county that or logan or somewhere they released them down yeah i can't remember what all uh, (laughs) i believe there's some near chief logan Okay. Yeah, I thought, yeah, like other parts of yeah, southern West Virginia, but I think it's like yeah. 150 they maybe started with, and then they're seeing how many made it through like the first couple winters. You guys yeah. ought to get um Stephen McDaniel on here sometime. He's he's, uh, he's awesome. I've he's the uh, director of the DNR. That sure dude, he yeah, was, yeah, I, yeah. I, that's who. That's who. I mean, I've been looking for someone who, in Cooper's uh, words, he's chirped at him before. <laughs> have I? Have I tried to like? I've like commented. I thought you said you'd get... reached out. No, I thought you'd said you'd reached out to him before. Well, there's like a, there's a lady who's like a, in a national position, who's like the head of, maybe it's like, maybe it's not DNR, maybe it's more like, like parks or whatever. That but was, I, um, that was like the national. Yeah. yeah like national level. Like, She's a yeah, West Virginia. Yeah. The division of forestry or something. Cause it's so fundamental to who we are. I mean, like with the, with the new river gorge being a national park. I mean, I think that's going to explode. I mean, Fable is already exploding at the seams. I mean, there's already white water rafting in the whole little town, but um, I don't know, man, I think more and more people are going to get, and I hope it doesn't like bastardize our culture. If that's even a word, like I, I want it to be people come here and appreciate the culture, but not necessarily, I don't want it to be like a tourist stop, a New Yorker getting off on a bus trying to, <laughs> trying yeah, to tear, tear up West Virginia. We don't want that happening, but we, we do want more people here. Right. Man. We want we to do. grow this economy and, and grow the population. If, if you saw, we were last on the list of uh, population growth. Actually we're we lost people, population yeah. decline. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I hope we get that back. we got to work on that. We've all got to be better about telling more people about West Virginia and uh, appreciating our state. But yeah. um, which is where well, I'm, we're doing. I'm... Go ahead. Sorry, man. No, no, it's all you. So that's where I'm a little bit torn too, man. We were talking about this earlier is that I'm, you know, I, like I said, cut me and I bleed blue and gold. I am from West Virginia. I have our state motto tattooed on my arm. Like I love West Virginia, but I do think there's like a nuance there to when you're young, it is okay and cool. So I want to be clear when people hear our podcast, like, oh, well, dude, to hell no, I'm not staying in West Virginia. I'm not saying that you have to just like, like settle down in St. Albans and buy a house. Like, I'm not telling you that you have to do that. Um, But I do think there's merit to... I don't know, like advocating for West Virginia, if you, if you so choose to be, you know, where that, I think a lot of people already wear and they fly their West Virginia flag high, no matter where they're at, if they're in the airport, if you wear a West Virginia shirt, you're going to get stopped by a hundred people. Um, but I think that's an important nuance is that yes, we do need new people moving to the state, but I don't necessarily think that if you're, I'm not in the camp of saying that if you're from here, like you have to die and live and be like a West Virginia man to, or female until you, you know, until you pass away. I don't know. I think sometimes our messaging on that is conflicted and people get frustrated when other people are like, come back to West Virginia. Like, well, there's nothing there. Well, if, yeah, if you came back, the there would be something here. So it's like, yeah. it's hard to kind of navigate that conversation. Yeah. I, I agree with you there, man. I'm one that likes to do so many different things and, and change it up all the time and see different places. Like I'm not really tied to one thing or one place so I'm all for it, man. Travel, see different places, but you will realize how special West Virginia is. And I think right. at the end of the day, that's what's most important is we do have a special place here. And uh, if you're into the outdoors and you're into what the state has to offer, I'm sure most people will keep some roots here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's the, that's the key here, too. It's like, look, you, we're on this planet for however, whatever time you got. Enjoy it. See everything that you can. But I, I think the problem West Virginians oftentimes run into is that they're the they're forgotten 
wasteland maybe isn't the best way to put it, but when you talk about West Virginia to, to people that have never been here, they probably think of it as a wasteland or just cold country camps with, you know, some just some broad yeah. stereotype that doesn't necessarily depict really anything that the state's about. But I, I would go as far to say like West Virginia sometimes just goes out to try and prove itself like, hey, don't forget about us. That's kind of the attitude. I think sometimes you have to have at the same time, like promote what we've got, promote the beauty but at the same time, like, just, just come try it out. Come try it out and see what it's like. I so. think people here are so prideful of the state, too. I think what happens with, with some that leave, it's like they're obviously welcomed back, but some people yeah. kind of shun them, like, you left yeah, for sometimes. 10 years? Like, what? Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is that, I, Sometimes I get that sense of it, man. There totally yeah. is, and there totally is. I mean, and it's like, I don't know. Like, I think you can't be super – I mean, the extremes of any situation are going to be too much, right? The far left, the far right. I mean, the shoulders of either side of a scenario are often too dramatic. But I think, it, to me, it's just it's a conversation that seems to play out on social media about, like, what West Virginia needs, what it doesn't need, how do we attract young people. And I think just having a more realistic, honest con- kind of problematic or whatever pragmatic way about – the state and getting young people here I, I think it's a better way to go than than forcing the issue onto people um but man let's shift gears you're when you, when we think about building a small business what have been some of the things that you've learned with raise rub because i know a lot of people that do listen to this are you know 25 30 what are some of the things that you've really enjoyed and maybe just some helpful insights into what it's been like now kind of running and, and building and growing um raise rub well, I think anytime you're going to sell a product and I have a product right here at yep. the end Give of the day. Give it a day, little shake. Get it up to the. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Rub. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I'm, I'm selling a product. Of course, this product is more than just a product to me, but it is, right. it's a seasoning, right? So you have to make sure that you want to communicate to people and you enjoy talking to people about the product. And it's something that you care about. I always had a problem with, you know, being in a business or doing a job that I just didn't care. And I think a lot of us have that problem, but I do care about this one. And it's easy for me to get out at a a trade show or a festival and just talk all day about Ray's Rob. It's easy for me to talk about everything, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) um, definitely, definitely this. So starting out, you know, you just got to be careful with how you balance the the budget and the funds. You have limited funds. I've invested into this myself. I've spent a lot of money on inventory to mm-hmm. get those lower price points. And so it takes you a little time to recoup that money and then be able to reinvest into marketing. And now we've got Facebook, Instagram, Amazon. I mean, there's so many different shop. My Shopify account is where I run everything through on uh, the raiserub.com side. And it's like, you have so many different outlets you have to pump money into that you really just have to be careful not to stretch yourself too thin. Yeah. And then you, and you got to do some trial and error at the start. Um, I've run Facebook and Instagram ads and I've had, you know, good return on some things and not as good of return on others. Um, that's a good topic that I, I think I should bring up is I invested in an Instagram influencer, one, a big hitter, and I didn't even get 10% of my money back. I made a big mistake there, but it's trial and error. What I would suggest in the future is if anyone is targeting this online space, which is awesome because you can do really well from your computer in anywhere in the U.S., especially West Virginia. Um, But I would go after multiple influencers with a smaller following, right? Because it's more, you get a little bit more love. Community, grassroots, more, yep. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, target some of those types of things. That's what's worked for me. Um, Going after more people with a a lesser following because they seem to care more about you. Um, Amazon was a huge leap for us. It took me about four months to get on that platform. Targeting the food category is a challenge, but I'm not deterring anyone. It is very valuable. And I haven't even started running uh, pay-per-click ads on Amazon yet. I mean, Everyone who's in business online knows there's so many, so many things out there. Now, Amazon, you can be on the platform. And if you don't run ads after a while, you're, you're gonna, your sales are going to slow and they're right. not going to show you to anybody. It's, it's just like Instagram and Facebook. If you don't have a massive organic following and you're not paying some money to those platforms, they're going to filter you out, man. It's the nature of the beast yeah. that we're in now. So 
I will be starting pay-per-click ads here soon on Amazon. And we're going to try to further propel those, that growth, but we've done uh, four times the business on Amazon that I have on my website in the, in the last six weeks. So it's, awesome, it's, it's awesome. headed in the right direction, man. It's nice to see your hard work is starting to trickle in and, and pay off. Yeah, I really do think deep down, everybody has something like that, that they want to do, right? Every, I think everybody deep down wants to have a small business or whether it be an item or something like this that we do with a podcast, have your own brand, sell some merch, anything. I think everybody at the end of the day wants a t-shirt that they can stick some logo on it and say it's theirs, right? It's yeah. So, you know, if anybody's listening to this, go do it, take a chance, take this opportunity and start it. You know, I, I watched something. It was like, just create something every day. You never know when it's going to happen, you know, what's going to happen to it. So, well, and know, start with a passion, thing. start with a passion. Like, yeah, exactly. Like but said, that's what I'm like, saying. Everybody has something. Everybody's right. got something that they're passionate about that. I think they want to turn that something into something bigger. So, you know, between us and, and Brody, let this to any of our listeners be your starting point. Let today be your, your takeoff point. So. Right. But, yeah. I just think yeah. it will. It's just, it's never been more practical to be your own, to be like the, like an individual to, to use the internet, like you were saying, Brody, to, to be able to make money. Um, and like, like we've said, kind of, we've teased out before, like, we're not trying to like push this, like hustle porn, like make money, have a different, different forms of income. Like that's not what it is. It's just, you. I, I think if you can identify a passion, let that lead and let that lead you to making money, whether it does or not. Like we started the podcast, we weren't thinking like, how can we get ROI on this? You know, we just wanted to share West Virginia stories turned into yeah. a small business, digital agency, advocacy group, whatever you want to call us. Um, I don't know, man. I speak about that to nauseam with people because I just think it's immensely fulfilling to, to wake up and be like, hell yeah, I'm going to work yeah, on this. Not definitely. like, Oh, I got to go to work today. Like that's no way to, that's no way to fucking live. Like don't, no, don't, exactly. don't, don't dread Monday, man. Wake up and be happy to go to Monday, you know, work on Monday. No doubt that that brings up a, a funny topic. I'll I'll be quick with it, but I've had a lot of moments here recently where I was I was a little lower than usual because I took on this this big remodel and I was moving out of my house and there's been so much going on and I have not done anything fun for about a month, like just straight nonstop working late and work. You know, I enjoy the raise rub stuff. And I have I have this other YouTube channel that I'm working on. Okay, and. You know, when I analyze like what makes me happy, you know, being with friends and, and all those different things, I, I started thinking about this channel that I have a few videos posted. I'm not telling anybody about this yet, but I promise you when I'm ready, I'm going to blow it up. And, and it's uh, it's kind of a personal growth channel and just communicating, you know, those hardships in life and how to overcome them mentally. I, I mm -hmm. love that emotional intelligence is big for me and I really mm -hmm. enjoy talking about no that. Question. But, but that's what I was saying. That channel brings me such happiness and it's right. just you don't really know what it is until you find it yep. but that youtube channel is something i thoroughly enjoy doing and it's been hard to get the videos out later and i need to get better at that but if i have the time to do it after this remodel and all that i'm i'm loving making those videos and it makes me happy are Love we going to see your turkey call on the YouTube channel? <laughs> That's so you know, I, I, I've got a, I've got a couple videos in the works. We'll, we'll right, figure that deal. out. That's only fans. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> But no, it's true, man. We had a guy, Philip uh, Bowen, who's out in Detroit. He was like, he's just a musician. I think he was, he didn't do that, CJ, if I'm wrong. He was like, he had like a job or he does something else. And then all of a sudden he was like, you know, what? I'm just going to post some stuff to the internet. I'm a musician. He plays a fiddle. Ends up going like completely viral. Like hundreds of thousands of people like love his like renditions of like songs. He, he rocks a West Virginia hat during it. Um, during his performances but um but he said look it just makes me happy so i'm gonna do it um and it's like you said cj do a little bit of your passion every day and you'd be surprised uh you know where it can take you and along the way you're just gonna be happy and you're gonna enjoy it and those like you said even brody going back to like you know we do this podcast i'm not looking for national fame if i've we've had people grown men and women message us saying that we've changed their life and it's like they're crying like or they're so passionate it's just like holy crap like us coming on here and having these little conversations like how that stuff feels 
you in the person. And if you do like small businesses or individual creators or, you know, individuals tell them that because that stuff fuels them more than yeah, landing a, a big purchase order. Like if we, if we sell it or if we get another partnership, yeah, I'm going to be happy from that. But having someone who says, Hey, look, like your conversation with such and such Brody really kind of kicked me in a gear and it made me really work on my X, Y, Z. That's going to be the best thing of my entire week. Right. So um, I like, man. I like that you have that perspective as well because it, it just feels like it's the right thing to be right way to think about it but if oh. apple does come calling for 100 percent of our company with like a hundred oh, million yeah so i love it you guys are just as real as it gets we all want to work hard and be passionate but at the end of the day we all want to travel the world and enjoy right. life too but, that's the truth you know money is money is certainly not the answer and that is cliche i know everyone says that but it does take a certain, my firm belief is it takes a certain amount of financial freedom to really live the way that you want to do. Mm -hmm. I've never asked to be some big billionaire. That's not really on my radar, but I want to build successful brands, be yep. meaningful to other people, grow yeah, the community, exactly. passionate about what I'm doing and be able to live as freely as possible. Love yeah. it. Well, you're Being certainly doing it, man. Community. You're yep. certainly doing it. We appreciate you coming on the Mountaineer Media Podcast. For folks still listening to this turkey calling, business talking, <laughs> entrepreneurship uh, episode, go follow The Raise Rub. If you're still listening, we're going to give away product. Brody's delicious West Virginia built and the foundation of, of his life and work. You can see the hat trade. Maybe we'll give away some hats. I kind of want to rock <laughs> that hats. camo one. The camo hats. Yeah, well, fresh. that might be coming your way, big guy. I love it. We, we got more to give, so All right, check word. it out. And uh, we got some bottles of Ray's Rub to, to send out as well. I love Beautiful. it. It's a fresh golf ball you got on too right there, man. I can see yeah. me on the course with that. I've that's only like got one of these. <laughs> yeah. so. That's for that. Yeah. That's, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, th hey, Brody, thanks again, thanks, man. For, thanks, for, thanks for coming on. Thanks for uh, fighting for West Virginia, and thanks for being uh, an awesome dude. I think you're going to inspire a lot of people with this episode, so we appreciate it. I really appreciate you guys having me on, and I had a good time, so thank you so much. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you again to Brody for hopping on and talking about his motivational story. He's an inspiring dude. Hopefully you guys thought the same and maybe you learned a little thing or two about uh, how to improve your turkey call. And so if anything, maybe that's your takeaway. But thank you again to Brody for jumping on. Special thanks as always to our producer Mason Jack for stringing this together. And hey, that song that you heard earlier, Drew Cable's song Lifestyle, it's available on Spotify. Go check it out. He's a good up-and-coming artist in Charleston, talented musician. Go support him. Again, Lifestyle by Drew Cable on Spotify. And that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, we'll be back soon. Peace.